Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. To save his life, call one's in. Nothing to say, but what a day. How's your OPS been? Nothing to do, it's up to you. I've got nothing to say, but he's here with us. That was terrible. We're going to do it. Yes, sir. 405. Good morning, everyone. We wake up to a brand new world. We wake up to a world where the Yankees are back to being the Yankees. The fans don't hate Brian Cashman at the moment. Give it a minute. But right now, we don't hate Brian Cashman so much. We don't hate Hal Steinbrenner so much. And we're pumped for the season to begin. Get us to opening day because Juan Soto, a 25-year-old generational player, one of the great young players, not just this year or in this era of baseball, one of the great young players in the history of the sport at 25 years old, already won a World Series, already won a batting title. OP has, has probably as good a grip on the strike zone as any hitter in the game. The Yankees now, with him and Judge, have two of the top five hitters in baseball in the middle of their lineup. And oh, what a glorious day it is. Sorry, Michael King. I love you. But they got him for Michael King. Michael King. Higashioka. And again, thank you, Higashioka. He was, you know, he did yeoman's work. He was a... Uh, uh, a great guy, a little bit of power, but ultimately, I mean, to give up King, the top pitching prospect, and Thorpe, who, again, a, a prospect, and Brito and Vasquez, guys we saw at the major league level, guys we saw it pitch fairly well, but ultimately, even if this is just a one-year deal, you're getting one of the great young hitters in baseball, a top-five hitter in baseball, to go with Judge in the middle of this lineup and, and to bring it balanced along with the Verdugo trade of the other day. Now you're left-handed, you're more stable, you're more balanced, and you went out there and you did it, and you brought in someone who's going to make $30 million. They brought in another $30 million player. Steinbrenner is obviously going to be willing. I don't know if he'll do it. We all know he's going to free agency. But you don't make this trade without even without willing to be open to offer the guy $500 million. We'll see what happens. But even if it is a one-year deal, they are legitimate World Series contenders What again, yet again, excuse me, and they're out still going. They got the Soto. They need the Yama. We're getting the Yama Soto offseason underway. And it, it could not have come at a better time. God knows it took long enough. I mean, so I know people were joking about it. This was the all-time you know, especially now with social media and, and Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I'm still going to call it Twitter. But just nonstop, it's close. It's right upon us. It's going to happen. There's some cautious optimism. I really, I, I thought Andy Martino has done a great job. I know I, I mentioned this before. The Carton and Roberts show, myself included, we all kind of ragged on Andy for a while. He's really had the pulse of things over the last, you know, this offseason in particular. He's really had his finger on the pulse of the Yankees. Uh and I've been following him, and he, everything he said is right. I Obviously, today was just up and down, up and down. I was trying to go to sleep at 9.30 in the morning just as the, the real, it's getting back involved, Jack Curry's tweeting. I'm like, I can't go to sleep now? Back and forth, and then forever it takes for them to go over the medicals. Forever, 12 hours. The deal's agreed upon at noon. It's still 10 o'clock at night. We don't have a deal. And Andy Martino tweeted out, there's still cautious optimism about the deal. I'm like, still cautious optimism? What do you mean? What do you mean cautious optimism? I thought the deal was done. 
What a crazy day. But ultimately, the Yankees did what they had to do. Brian Cashman did what he had to do. And for you Yankee fans, this should put a put to bed some of the bitterness you have towards the franchise. The owner stepped up, the GM stepped up, and got a deal for one of the best hitters in baseball. And this lineup with Verdugo added, Grisham also in the trade, obviously, as your fourth outfielder coming back from San Diego in this deal. Like, they are a much more balanced, a much better, and a much more dangerous lineup. And today they acted like the Yankees, which is there's the on-the-field part of this, and then there's the Yankees being the Yankees and talking to you directly and helping you understand that despite what you think of the, the way they handled the last few years, they knew coming off an 80 and two season, 82 and 80 season, it was unacceptable to treat it like a 99-win season. You might not like the way they treated 99-win seasons. You might not like the way they treated losing in the ALCS. But to them, to them they weren't far off. And so they made minor adjustments, and they made subtle tweaks, and they thought they could bring in uh, a stopgap at shortstop and still be very good and wait for the prospects. And they thought they could pass on different players because they had a young core of baby bombers. So you don't need to go out and give $300 million to Harper because you have an outfield of Judge, you have an infield of Torres, you have a stud catcher in, 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 in Sanchez. So they passed on these things. But over the last couple of years, the trending direction – the way the fan base has reacted to this team and the bitterness and the hatred that this fan base has shown towards this organization, in particular Brian Cashman and the owner, Hal Steinbrenner, they knew 82-80 and 80 was not good enough. They knew this team and this offense and this lineup wasn't good enough for subtle tweaks, and they went out there and got the best player available. Other than Otani, the best offensive player, a guy who fits them perfectly, and hopefully you can be here for the next 15 years and retire and go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Yankee cap. And today is a glorious day. Mike in Manhattan. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chris. What's happening, brother? What's up? Oh, man. Let me tell you, for the first time in a long time, I got chills when I heard last night they signed and made, made it official. It was, For a change, yeah. for mean, a change it, Brian Cashman's in the driver's seat. That's Listen, right. Brian, Brian Cashman is having himself a day. For all of you haters, you have to give him his props. You have to. You don't have to love him, but you have to give him his props today. He made a great deal. For the, for, for, un, for unproven plays, which I loved. Yeah. For unproven plays. I mean, Michael, King, Michael King has made 19 starts. As I don't care how well they went, he's made 19 starts. Like, right. I, I mean, I, I like him, and I think he could be an excellent starting pitcher moving forward, but he can't be the reason, and, and we thought he might be. Uh, all the, right. all the people who hate Brian Cashman, he's going to use this as an excuse. He's not going to give up. You know, blah blah blah. I can't. I can't believe that Michael King is a, a deal breaker. And I told you he wasn't. They just negotiating a deal. He ended up. Get, he ended up not coming too far off that original offer that was turned down on Friday right. night. I mean, they took a couple of prospects out of the the mix, but ultimately, it's pretty much the same deal. And, do you bet? Yeah, good. Do you bet? Soto behind or? In front of judge. Okay, well, here, I mean, there's a little bit of a, a thing here. For right. me, and for me, it makes more sense to bat him in front. I, my, It would be, considering DJ is probably the leadoff hitter, I would go LeMayhew, Soto, Judge. That would be my top three. But the yeah, only reason... LeMayhew gets hurt, man. I don't, he's, never, he's never healthy, this guy yet. Well, no, I mean, you know, Volpe, Volpe, uh, Volpe number one. No, Volpe, not yet. I just, I want to see you more from him. He hit two, he hit two hundred eight. 
Like, I'm, I'm, I still want to see. I, I still want to see Lemay. And for all you guys who go, oh, you need athleticism at the top, then don't watch Philly games and tell me how great they are, because right. they, because they have a DH who can't run hitting leadoff. So, and no one seems to mind when they're winning playoff games. So Man, we'll, we'll give see. Me chills, chills last yeah, night. listen, absolutely, absolutely. This was this is a guy I wanted. I said it. I wanted. I wanted him more than any other free agent or or outside player since it's via trade, than in the history. Like, I didn't... I, I have to try and remember about Alex Rodriguez and the trade they made for him. And if it kind of came out of nowhere, there's certainly... I don't remember this consternation and this time period of waiting for it and waiting for it. It kind of just felt like, poop, it popped up. There was the trade to the Red Sox. It got nixed by Major League Baseball because it was too much of a pay cut. And then before you knew it, it was like, boom, he's a Yankee. But, but So I didn't have time to really pine for Alex Rodriguez. But other than that, I like... Other than Judge and, and recouping and, and re-keeping current Yankees, Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, like there has never been a player from outside the organization I wanted to bring here more in my lifetime than Juan Soto. He fits the team perfectly, and he helps change this dynamic of what the of the fan base and the bitterness for it to the point where Brian Cashman feels he needs to defend himself, dropping F-bombs and screaming in the face of, uh, you know, Joel Sherman. Like it just needed to. It needed a break. It needed something to just come in. It needed a big move to just solidify who they are, re recapture the idea that the fan base believes that they're capable of things like this. It's just it gives breathing room to the rest of the offseason. Go get Yamamoto. Go get another starting pitcher. Go really give this chance, this team, a chance to go be a World Series title winner. Because I, I think the lineup now. With Verdugo and Soto, and hopefully a healthy Rizzo and a Stanton who's going to slim down, and I believe I still believe in Stanton. As long as he can stay healthy, I don't think he's the terrible hitter he was last year. I think he can do better. The question is, can he stay healthy? So he's apparently he's going to slim down. He's going to try and get more flexible, and if he can stay healthy, I think he can have a good year. So with that lineup, adding Verdugo, Gleyber Torres, one of the better second basemen in the league, is at least offensively. I think they are much better today. Much clearly, much much better. But it's also just the feeling around the fan base, the excitement around the fan base. Guys like that just telling me how you know excited you are and, and waiting for the news and like uh, maybe some of the drama even played into it that you feel better about it. Like we got this guy. It seemed like such an arduous task. And while we're, we're all waiting for Otani and you're waiting for Yamamoto to start and you're waiting for all this, Soto was the one name. It was the one focus of this entire uh, winter meetings and. You know, you you were Toronto could be in. This one could be in. The Yankees are on. The Yankees are off. We're waiting twelve hours for them to finally culminate the deal. Is it falling apart? All of that. Just you were on your edge of your seat, waiting to see if they could bring this Hall of Fame caliber player to the Yankees, and they did it for Michael King, a pitching prospect, Brito Vasquez, and Higashioka. I don't care if it's for one year. And there are benefits for even one year, namely chasing a World Series while Judge and Cole are still in their prime. But even after that, you know, if they if he signs somewhere else, you get a draft pick back, you get a top draft pick, so that you could hopefully assume at least takes away one of the Brito or Vasquez. You know, you, you add another pitcher to your farm system through a pick that you would get if you lose them. You don't have to. Uh, if you do end up signing them, now you don't have to pay a, a price. You don't you don't have to worry about losing a pick by signing him. He's yours. There's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of benefits. But he's going to fit like a glove. He's going to have a monster year. And that's, he's going to have a monster year. Him and Judge are now as dynamic a one-two punch 
in the game, as dynamic as any. I mean, I know Otani and, and Trout, but Trout's just been injured so much recently. I mean, if these two are healthy, that's the best middle of the lineup in baseball. Phil and Howell, what's up, Phil? Hey, how you doing? Listen, uh, yeah, I I don't want to bring you down to earth or anything. No, bring me try, maybe, attempt to bring me down to uh, earth. I, I can. I know. Not sure it's going to work. Actually, I'm a Met. Actually, I like to talk about the Yankees and one thing on the Mets. Sure. All right. Yeah. See, I, I have a different view than you do. I would have never ever made that kind of trade unless they had Soto signed on the dotted line for a contract. I think it's. Uh, I mean, I, uh, Why? I. I just because it's number one. All right, if you're getting him for one year, yeah. all right, and let's say he has a decent year, okay, and all of a sudden you know the Yankees offer him a contract, blah blah blah, you know something reasonable, but you know he's just gonna say, you know what, I don't really want to play in New York, all right, and that's and let's say the Yankees don't go to the playoffs, right, and don't go to the World Series, just like. What happened when he was with San Diego? Well, isn't, listen, it, isn't really... it? Yeah, isn't it better to find out now that and let him find out now that he doesn't want to play in New York as opposed to giving him six hundred million dollars next year <laughs> to a thirteen-year contract? San Diego wasn't stupid, okay? Because when they acquired Soto from the Nationals, okay, yeah. they basically gave up half their farm system to yep. get him. You they, know that? I do okay? know that. Yep. And, and they, you know, some of them are going to be pretty good ball players. You would assume, okay? We'll see. So they replenished their basically they replenished their system, okay? No, and it's not nearly the same amount of pride. They didn't get they they got one top pitching prospect. They got Michael King, Brito, and Vasquez were guys yeah. who were like fringe pitchers. Did you really believe Vasquez or Brito are going to be anything? Higashioka is a backup catcher that we're all done with. I, I, I understand well, you make, that. You make okay. it sound like they gave up Dominguez and Volpe. They gave up nothing. You know why? Because I don't think I. I think I know you think I'm crazy, but I think Soto is a little overrated. I do. He's well, a I mean, good listen, we're, we're really highly rating him, so I mean, I suppose that's fair. But he's a great player. You can't deny that. Overrated, maybe. I called him one of the top five hitters in baseball. You want to say that's that's a that's an overreach? That's a fair but argument, a but you can't too. say he's not great. But the fact that you call him great. The fact is, his first year in San Diego, what did he hit, 240? Yeah, he had a bad year. Well, his first half a year. He didn't do well after the trade. That's fair. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, and how did he do last year? How did he do last year? He had a good second half of the year. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I mean, he had 35 home runs, drove in 100 runs. He's got a 400 OPS, a 980, uh, a 400 on base, a 980 OPS. What do you want? He's a superstar. He's okay. an absolute superstar, right. and he's 25 okay. and, years old. All right, all right. Now, the thing on Yamamoto, yeah. okay? Yeah, okay. I would never, ever sign a player for that kind of money that he wants that has never pitched in the major leagues before. That's ludicrous. Okay. Then you won't That's, get him. You know, what are you I mean, do, if you're a Mets fan, what do you, what's that rotation look like next year? You know what? I got to tell you the truth. If I'm the owner, and I know this would never happen in baseball, okay? It's just not structured that way. But if I wanted to sign a guy like that, okay, uh-huh. long term, all right, say the first year he comes, all right, and you say, listen, we'll offer you $20 million for the first year. And then after that, you can go, let's say they offer him a long-term contract. And then after that, you can honor him a long-term contract. you got to show me what you got. That's yeah, I mean the, that's, that's the way I would look at yeah, it. I mean that, that's that sounds ideal for the owners. That's the players' union is not going to agree to it. That's just not how it works. It does, it's not a trial balloon. 
And if you want to do a trial balloon, work the number higher than the rest of the year. So not lower, $20 million. No, no. You want a trial balloon? All right, pay me $60 million for one year. And if I'm good, then we work on a long-term contract at, at $30 million a year. But, you, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take less money so for your trial balloon so you don't have any, you know, no. You take one-year short-term deals for bigger money. But even that, it's too, too bad. There's a market. It's it, What's the matter? You don't, you don't like capitalism? It's a free market. He's worth what he's willing to get. That's it. Whatever someone's willing to pay him, that's what he's worth. It's an open market, free market. He's going to get whatever he's whatever he's his value is determined on the market. You don't want to pay him three hundred million dollars? It's an argument. Fine, you won't get him. Or whatever the money, uh, you don't want to pay him big time money because he's never pitched here. That's a perfectly reasonable take. Don't pit, don't get him, and then watch. You know what? What's your rotation? Good luck winning next year. And it's not your money; it's this owner's money who's got buckets of it. But you know, you ever see Scrooge McDuck swimming in his pile of money? That's Steve Cohen. That's Steve Cohen. What is what's what's three hundred million dollars to him? Like honestly, that's a it's a family Hawaiian vacation. It's it's it, there's no reason not to spend the money if you're Steve Cohen for great players, and whether you think he's going to be great or not, we'll we'll find out. But you know, the trial balloon. Sorry, that's not how it works. Some guys coming off injury, different things, not the most you know, decorated 25-year-old pitcher you've ever seen who is wanted by every team in baseball. That guy you don't get a trial balloon contract with. Brett in Long Island. Hi, what's up, Brett? How are we doing? How are you doing? Because it's funny. Before I get to the Zach Wilson point, I was thinking that it's almost a no-win situation for these uh, baseball owners and uh, you know general managers yeah. because whenever there's like you say, a top five, a top player, they're going to get paid, right? Because of the market. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, you're one of these guys too. Like, you know, I see a pattern with you. You scream for these guys, you know, to get three, four, five, six hundred million dollars. Yeah. If it doesn't work, which let's be honest, more times than not, it does not work. And then we cry that they it blew. It does not work. Yeah. Um, so, no, my point is, so if you get the guy, right, then you're happy, the fans are happy, all the media is happy. Hey, we got him, let's celebrate, right? That's yep. short-lived usually, right? Sure. Then you got to rebuild. And if you don't get him, then it's like, oh, my God, our owner doesn't want to spend money, our GM doesn't get the guy. And it's like, yep. so just you should put yourself in the perspective of the owner and GM, too. I'd love to. Um, I feel terrible the for them, Brett. I can't that tell those you. guys have to deal yeah, I know. with. I, yeah, I, I guess. I, I, t- I feel terrible for owners in Major League Baseball. I just feel awful for them. They're, they're, terrible, they're, in, they're in such it. a tough, it, they're in tough, tough position. No, I'm just saying you're right. Is, it, is there a nature? Listen, it's the nature of sports. If you don't win, you were wrong. I get it. It's unfair. It's, it's, that's how you base decisions. It's the same thing as a manager. He brings in a reliever. If the reliever gives up runs, he brought in the wrong reliever. That I mean, that's that's... That's the nature of the sport. So, yeah, you're right. They have to go out and spend all all this money. And if they're wrong, as happy as we may be, if Juan Soto, God forbid, gets hurt this year and and then he signs somewhere else and they traded away something for a non-season of Juan Soto or he's just uncomfortable here with the Yankee pinstripes and with this team and he's terrible, yeah, today we're celebrating. Next year, this time, we're killing the Yankees for allowing him to come here and be terrible and give him away for a year after one year. Yeah, that's how it works. And not only that. I think the expectations are like it's almost like a ride. Like uh, 
you know, that wasn't a bust. That was one of those big, gigantic contracts. But, hey, you got a World Series. He was an MVP. But outside of that, right, I mean, you know, thank God he got that. But my point is, if if these guys don't get you, you know, to get to the World Series, it's like it almost becomes Correct. a bust. But that's, anyway, that's, let me get to That's the Yankees. And uh, that's why there's been such right. a, a feeling of hatred around the team because they haven't won a World Series since 09. Uh, I know we're beating this horse dead, but let me get to Zach Wilson. Yeah. I uh, actually... I'll be honest with you, since you started, you know, doing the show, I don't really disagree too, too much. Mm-hmm. I do disagree with your take with the comments with Sal, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I think that Zach Wilson has gotten more than enough abuse, and I know this because of all the guys I talk to, all the Jets fans at this point now, they're like, I don't even blame Zach anymore. Right. I actually feel bad for the kid. You know, he should right. move on, right? That's their take now. Right. When he first came out, you know, everybody, you know, he was chewing gum on the sideline with his, with his uh, you know, comments, uh, you know, his interviews, and, and he was very arrogant, right? And he was he was a hateable kid, so to speak. And then once he started playing bad, that, that was it. His brand was done, right? I feel like that was the take of most people. Okay. So I don't agree. Like, he was benched last year, right? He gets enough abuse from, like, guys like the media, me, um, his, the, his, the players, right? everybody's abusing this kid. So, to me, it's more about the actions. They benched him last year. People right. wearing shirts from Mike White, right? Look at the yeah. abuse he's taken. Well, yeah, he's but, I mean, yeah, but down, whose fault? Let me ask you a question, though, honestly. Okay. Whose fault is sure. it that his teammates celebrated that that he was benched? Do you, do, you, do you think there's a reason why the team was so thrilled that he was benched? Do you think that maybe he's, that immature kid... Chris, he's, he's bad, bad and I, I think, think there's something seeing... where I think the team doesn't respect him in some level. Why would they celebrate right. the way they celebrated to go to Mike White? And by the way, when Mike White stepped in, who was better? Oh, no, no, no. But again, right. I hope you get the point. That's not my argument about we. I, sorry, right, I, I, I understand. Saying so you're saying that gone. so he's justified but in not wanting you, to play? You want now the coach. No, no. But, but again, the point is you want the coach to be like, yeah, no, he's bad. We bad. At this point, I think everybody I don't want the logically coach. knows that he's not a good NFL quarterback, I understand that, right? But so then why I go back to him? The then, why go, then why go back to him? Because you just said it before. Yeah. He's better than Tim Boyle. Right, so why, but so why isn't that enough? Why do you have to tell me even in the weeks he didn't play, he was better then? Like, we, you're lying to me. I, I don't want to be lied to. It's silly. And they defend him and every like you said, he's gotten enough abuse. He's he's been benched because he's been bad. His own teammates are the ones who celebrated. Did the coach allow it? Yes. Should he have not? I suppose. But his teammates celebrated. Not the media. His teammates. I don't remember wearing a shirt. Nobody gave me a shirt. And even if they did, they probably couldn't find a double XL. Every time we get these free shirts, I'm I'm ended up just giving them to my wife and kids. Nobody can give me a shirt. That's my that's my own fault too. But we weren't wearing Mike White shirts. That was the team. And they were better. Flacco was better. White was better. Everyone who came in other than Boyle, they were hoping to catch lightning in the bottle and get another guy coming in other than Zach Wilson who could be better. But then you can't stay. I'm sorry. Why can't we just say Zach wasn't playing very well. We thought we had a better chance going to Boyle for a couple weeks. It didn't work out. Now we're going back to the more talented quarterback. Zach's the more talented quarterback, but he was playing, you know, he was really struggling at the time, and we were hoping for a spark. You can't say, I always knew 
Zach was the best chance to win the game. That's meaning you went against what you thought was the best chance to win the game in in important games. Like I'm sorry, you just can't say it. And I'm I don't and and my point is on it. Why like even now we know it's over with him. We know it's over. We know it's over. He just got done. We all believe the reports. He just got done pretty much telling people he didn't want to play anymore. He didn't want to play. He turned his back on his team, which, by the way, you want to say turn that back on him when he celebrated with Mike White? Fine, whatever. But he turned his back on the team. He didn't want to play. He said, screw this. I don't want to get hurt. The organization's done me dirty. Why should I do this for you? Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to play. And the minute that happened... And the minute that got out to the media, out came the Defend Zach Patrol. And there's Aaron Rodgers, you know, talking about how pissed off he is that there's leaks. Not never, never denying necessarily that those things were said, other than he denied the part where he had to talk to Zach. That apparently that conversation never happened. But he didn't say, yeah, Zach never felt this way. What'd he say? He said the leaks are BS. And hey, he's been through a lot over the last three years. He's a young kid. Can you blame him? You can't come out and say these leaks are designed to ruin his character. That these comments ruin his character. That these comments say that he gave up on the team and gave his, gave his teammates the middle finger and gave up on the franchise. That's what the comments say. So leaking the comments are designed to ruin his character. You can't say that and then brush over the fact that he said those comments that should, should hurt his character. You can't, you can't say, oh, it should have never come out. It killed his character. But then never get on him or acknowledge the fact that he was doing things that once released hurt his character. Well, what does that say about his character? But we brush over that. We excuse him for that. It's more about the leaks. Does he have a point with the leaks? Yeah. But why, are we def- why do we immediately have to go defend him? He's out there defending him. Coach Salah saying, well, listen, even while I didn't play him, he was the best. Why are, we, why are you going back to him? He's the best. Why'd you bench him? You know what? I'm not sure he's the best. Like, well, I mean, what are you talking about? You can't have it both ways. We're going back to him because he's the best. Well, then why did you bench him? I'm not sure he's the best. I always knew he was the best. Hoping for a spark. Shot in the dark. That's all, you know. And it didn't work. I mean, those games weren't that meaningful anyway. It's not like, you know, the season was on the line or anything. I went against what I believed was best for the team for a spark. You understand. No, I don't. I don't understand. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. McMonagle here with you. Last hour before the warm-up show at 5. Let's get to the calls. I've talked a lot. You know how I feel. I'm having a great day. Having a glorious morning. Juan Soto's a Yankee. Yamamoto is next. And we believe it now. We actually believe it. Before yesterday, nobody believed the Yankees were capable of anything. We were waiting for the shoe to drop. Not anymore. All it takes is one deal. Congratulations, Brian Cashman. You had yourself a day. That's right. Not only did he sign, not only did he get him, but he built up the pitching staff where to the point and developed this pitching staff to the point where M- Michael King 
was the big name in a trade that got Juan Soto. Michael King. Michael King was the big name that got Juan Soto. Vasquez, Brito, Thorpe, a prospect of the Yankees. That's what got Juan Soto. So not only did he make the deal, not only was he the most aggressive GM, not only did he make this an absolute point of no return, the Yankees were going to make this trade. He was set on it. But not only that, but he, he developed the prospects to go get it done. Brian Cashman's having a hell of a day. And then when they go get Yamamoto, then we give the owner the props. We're taking them one by one. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry. What's up, Sparky? How you doing? I'm doing great. Oh, I'm doing oh great. How are you? Uh, as far as Mr. Cashman goes, yes. I got to eat crow. Yes, you do. Because you know what? Nothing for nothing. Look at what he's done and did without spending money. Yep. And plus the fact he he, he without real I mean listen they're going to spend thirty million dollars or whatever the arbitration comes out to on Soto so it's not like no money but without signing free agents without dabbling in this weak free agent market other than Otani and Yamamoto and maybe Bellinger like they have addressed their lineup they've got two left hand hitting outfielders and they did it for Michael King and Greg Weissert yep and but you know what it also did. He also made the Yankees back to the evil empire. That's where right. Attra- where they're attractive to other free to potential free agents. That's right. Okay. And now with Yamamoto, I think they're getting him for the most important reason of all. Look at the good history the Yanks have with players from Japan. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And they're going to all be on the call uh, or meeting. I'm, I'm sure that uh, you know. Matsui will be there. He's been kind of their guy for all these. Uh, I'm sure they have Tanaka at least talking to him, if not there. Uh, Hiroki Kuroda, all the different guys who have had, uh, you know, Matsui being number one, successful uh, tenures as Yankees. Even Ichiro had a, you know, a tenure as a, a New York Yankee. But I think it's more than just that. That's part of it. They saved his number 18. That's part of it. Uh, Cashman flew across the across the world to go see him pitch uh, on the day they were celebrating the 1998 championship here at home, he went to go see me through a no hitter. He kept a ticket stub. They saved number 18 for him. They're doing everything they can, but it's more than all that. It's going to be the money, but you know the money's not going to be the best. Steve Cohen's going to spend more money. How much more might be the difference? But I would imagine that if it's just Yamamoto taking the highest bid, the highest bid is going to come from the Mets. But what the Yankees can provide is the pinstripes and the prestige. And the winning. I know Yankee fans don't want to see, say this. At least, you know, maybe today they're more willing to say it. But, I mean, when you look at... I know the Mets have an owner now willing to spend money. And I know a lot of people think they're in a better situation. And they, you know, they've got a better now executive of baseball operations in Stearns. He's going to be far better than that idiot Brian Cashman is. And the owner's willing to spend tons of money. And they're in a far, far better position than the Yankees are moving forward. But that's in our little bubble. In Japan, they see the Yankees, and they see the Yankees in the last five years playing in the postseason damn near every year. And they see Judge playing in the ALCS every other year. The Mets had a nice 100-win season once. Like it's, it's, I'm sorry, I hate to, I'm not trying to belittle the Mets, but let's be honest. They, they, we all know what the two franchises are. The Mets might become this. The Mets might get on the same level. The Mets do have an owner willing to spend more money, but they haven't done it as far as winning. Not yet. Not yet. What happened last year? These last two years, what has happened? 
even in the Mets' best year in forever, the Yankees went further into the playoffs. The Yankees' worst year in forever, the Mets were worse. In the last two years where Steve Cohen was really going to turn this thing around, the Mets had a great year. They won 101 regular season games. Yankees won 99 games. They were eliminated in the wild card round. The Yankees were in the ALCS. The Yankees have an 82-80 and 80 season. Ugly, disgusting. Everybody hates the team. It's the worst in 40 years. The Mets were worse. That is stuff that still plays around the world and around the globe. And the Yankees are probably his desired destination, all things being equal. Steve Cohen's going to have to go out and make sure it's not equal. And will the Yankees keep up? Jeffrey and Elmont, what's up, Jeffrey? Make that move right now, Big Mac. Let's go. All right, let's go, Big Mac. Make that move. Yes. Um, Before I get to uh, Soto, I just want to say something. Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito are both older than Zach Wilson. And last year when the, turn, the team turned on Zach with the T-shirts and everything and they were celebrating, was the offensive line celebrating? And Mike White, who, both of them, the offensive line, and Mike White who could not pick up a blitz, which knocked Mike White out of the season. Right. Um, but think about Tommy DeVito. He has presence in the pocket. Zach Wilson does not. Both do not play with an offensive line. Now let's get with with Zoto. Sure. With Zoto, listen, uh, great move. You called it, McAdoo. Got to give you credit. You you on top of this? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I wasn't alone. I thought the I I thought the uh, Yankees would do it. I was I was steadfast. They were going to get him. Yeah, I know, but I, I was on to it too. But I but you had the voice on the radio. Right. The thing is, I would have. Definitely Soto bat behind Judge to give him protection. Judge has never had protection in that lineup since he's been with the Yankees. I, I don't care what anybody says. He had no protection. That's why they pitched him around him. A lot of solo home runs. But the, the thing is, with this trade for Soto, they have woken have woken a sleeping giant, the New York Yankees. Yep. Uh, listen, that's part of it, too. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, that's, that's a big part of it. Hopefully the Yankees, and now the reaction to this, hopefully this spurns the owner and the general manager to realize this is what the fan base is clamoring for. And I'm sure I was told season ticket sales are down to start the year. They know coming off of that miserable season, they need to do something with their offense. And in this at, at these winter meetings when really no one else did anything, they were able to add Verdugo, which I do think now gets overshadowed, and the fans who hated it are much more open to it because they got Juan Soto instead. I think part of the fear was, well, that'll be the move. That's what's the difference. The difference is now when moves are made, we don't hold our breath that they'll stop there. Like the Verdugo trade was made, I think a lot of the fan base was like, that's it. Verdugo's the big move. Now they're not going to get Soto. And now that they've shown that that was just the, ter- that was just the first move and that th- they were never deterred for Soto, maybe you know, we could start to realize that this 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 ownership group and cash realized where they were. It's easy to sell yourself on you don't need big moves when you're in the ALCS. I know that's not good enough for you. They'd view it differently. 99 wins, leading the American League in run scored, and winning a division that had three playoff teams in it, no matter how it ended in the ALCS, they can view it as a positive season. All the injuries, all the this, the that. You know, they can sell themselves on, oh, we only need a little bit of this, only a little bit of that. They don't think they need wholesale changes and, and, and star hunting. 82 and 80 does. And then the toxic nature of the relationship between this front office and the fan base needed to change. It just needed to change. And everyone, they hated players who came here. Like, it just, it's, it seemed like just it was enough where they needed this star move to kind of cleanse the palate. We needed an intermezzo. 
And this is the, a 35-year-old stud Hall of Fame caliber intermezzo. It's delicious. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, let's go rapid fire. As many calls as we can take right here on The Fan. McMonagan with you for another few minutes for the warm-up show at 5 o'clock. Lepresti is in the building, I know, because I caught him napping. Walked in. Walked in on him looking for the Hoff. We'll get in. We'll get into that at a later date. But everyone's okay. <laughs> I'll tell that story sometime in the future. But right now, let's get to rapid fire. Kenneth. Kenneth is in Newark. What's up, Ken? Hey, Big Mac. Listen to you every morning. Well, Real thank you, buddy. Here. Yes. Um, I hate to rain on your parade, but mm-hmm. um, one, if you guys don't get locomotive or locomotive, whatever his name is, <laughs> you still don't have him on starting pitching. Two, Aaron Judge had to still prove himself in the playoffs. He never hits. Three, eh, not never, but he was not not great. Yes, yeah, he, he hasn't done anything for all the money he in playoffs. All the money he makes. And three, um, we heard this before when you guys um, signed um, Carlos Stanton, murderous role. No, the best hitting lineup in baseball. What did they do? Nothing. So I'm just saying, just calm it down. Wait, with San Diego. No, no. With Stanton, when you signed Stanton, oh. and you had Stanton Judge. Well, they, they they scored a lot of runs. They scored a lot of runs. That, that was murderous role, and they didn't go to no World Series. So I'm just no. saying. Well, I'm I, a Mets I, yeah, fan. I understand that. You don't always necessarily get to a World Series. Last I, year, they led. A, last year, I'm only the Oakland A's had less hits. Like <laughs> we got to start I'm just somewhere. Saying, slow it down because we don't been on this road before. Okay. Oh, we I'm have. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. listen. Yeah, listen. Right. I, I understand that you're a Mets fan. Good luck getting Yamamoto. Because what else are you going to do? You talk about our starting pitching. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get into fights. All right? I don't want to. Maybe a little bit. But we are we are, we are are locked in for a battle between the Yankees and Mets. I find it interesting. I don't know if you guys do. I am pumped to see who comes out on top. The Mets can't lose. Mets can't lose this. The Yankees are in a much better position. Have already got Soto. Mets cannot lose the battle on Yamamoto. I can, and I can't wait for it. But, yeah, I mean, listen, of course, the, nobody – listen, I don't think I said once they're guaranteed to win the World Series or get to the World Series. This helps them immensely. They're getting a great player. The middle of that lineup now, whatever you want to say about Judge in the postseason, which he has hit in, in some postseasons, not last year, and he hasn't been paid you know, all the money he got. He hasn't been in the postseason since he got the bag. But, like, he's hitting wild cards. He's hitting rounds of the playoffs. He has, he didn't hit against the Astros last year and didn't have a good postseason two years ago, should I say. But we'll see. The middle of that lineup is – they've got two of the best five hitters in baseball. That's a, that's an impossible middle of the lineup to get through. And they've added Verdugo to build balance to the lineup. They, this lineup is far better today than it was yes, uh, two days ago. Far better. So does it guarantee them the World Series? No. Does a great offense guarantee them the World Series? No. The 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 Atlanta Braves last year were the greatest team ever assembled. Oh, my God, the Atlanta Braves, they're exactly how you want to build a franchise, and they sign all these guys and make all these trades. It's embarrassing how good the Atlanta Braves are. They're the greatest team ever. And then the Phillies ran through them like a hot knife through butter. What does that mean? How much better do the Braves have to get? Do they have to get better or do they just have to play better when it comes down to the NLDS? Nothing guarantees a World Series. Nothing. They can go get Yamamoto and they can go get uh, Bellinger to add to this team. Doesn't guarantee them a damn thing. We all know that. The, they could lose to the Diamondbacks, as we've seen. Good morning, Mac. Good morning, Tony. How are we doing? 
Good. I got to eat humble pie. I got yes, to eat crow, you do. But... Thank you. I want to thank you, Tony. A couple other calls. At least you've called up and admitted today is a Brian Cashman day, and you have to eat it one way or another. But I do have a couple points, if you don't mind if I make Of them. course you can. Um, the Yankees defensively will be a little weaker. I'm a little worried about Judge in center field with mm-hmm. injuries and things of that nature. I am thinking the Yankees feel they're going to get Yamamoto, or they wouldn't have given up all that pitching. And here's my final comment, and I know you're going to disagree. Let's see if the Yankees can win in spite of Aaron Boone with this team. Well, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I disagree. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think they'd have to win in spite of him. I, I think he's a, a fine manager, and this lineup is good enough to win. So we'll say, yeah, I mean, I like Aaron Boone. But a couple of things. One, the defense on Judge, I'm not so concerned about the injury. Judge does not, it's a lot of running in center field. He's been hurt playing right field. He's been hurt running into a wall in Dodger Stadium playing right field where you'd have to admit walls are more prevalent in the corner. He's got to worry about a, a small amount of, small amount of out, uh, fair ter- foul territory in right field in Yankee Stadium, plus the short porch. He's more likely to run into a wall in right than he is in center. He got hurt diving for a ball. That could happen in right or center. He broke a rib that way. He, he's not the kind of guy who, t- who pulls hamstrings and pulls calf muscles. That's Stanton. So the idea of just running, he doesn't get hurt on the base paths. He's been hurt one time. He had an oblique injury at the batter's box. He was hit by a fastball in the hand and broke a bone. And then he dove for a ball and broke a rib playing right field. And then he ran into the wall in Dodger Stadium. Those are his injuries. He doesn't have hamstring injuries. He doesn't have calf muscle injuries. I'm not worried about him just covering ground and running. I'm really not that much. Over the course of his career, you're right. That's a, there's a lot of wear and tear, just running a lot. Uh, a lot of ground to cover. It's a different. It's a different game. I understand that. Uh, he's older. He's bigger. His profile doesn't. You know, his body type isn't perfect for a long career in center field. But for one year until Dominguez gets back, I have no problem playing judge and center. And I'm not overly concerned about the injury because he hasn't. It would be one thing if he were Stanton like. If his injuries were hamstring and and happened while running. And soft tissue damage and stuff like that. That I would be more concerned. But they really haven't been. They've they've been sort of fluke. Fastball off the wrist, running into a wall, diving for a ball, playing the game hard. You can play the game hard in any position. I'm not so worried about it. I'm more, and that's why, like, I'm I'm pumped about Verdugo because it helps the lineup is better. I want the better hitter. They could have gotten someone. Now, Trent Grisham is also involved in this trade. He's going to be the fourth outfielder, backup center fielder. He's won gold gloves. You could see games that hopefully get out of hand because the Yankees can't stop hitting home runs and scoring runs. You could see him coming in for Judge and playing center. You could see him coming in for Soto and moving Judge over to right and playing center. Like So he's a perfect, perfect fourth outfielder. I wanted Verdugo more than I wanted Kiermaier or some other guys after the trade was made just because he's a better hitter. I want the better offense. And now it's length in the lineup, and they've done it all in a couple of days here, and they've done it without dipping into this weak free agency. And now they're going to attack Yamamoto. That's the, that's where we are now. That's the next shoe to drop. We've all celebrated Soto. It lasts through to, uh, through this morning and then through today, through the morning show, hopefully, through, uh, through, the, through BT and Sal, through Evan and Tiki. And then we move on and we get ready for the battle between the Mets and the Yankees for Yamamoto. Can't wait for it. That's it for me. I hope everybody enjoyed your morning. Today was a great day. Tomorrow we'll be back for a football Friday. We celebrated Brian Cashman. That's right, I did. We celebrated the Yankees. That's right, I did. One hell of a day for the Yankees. They got a superstar and they're back to being the Yankees. 
Tomorrow's a football Friday. We'll get into all that. We'll give you picks. Everything that comes with a football Friday. We'll try and figure out if these teams can win or whether we even care. Who's the quarterback? I don't know. DeVito, Wilson, does it matter? But we'll have some fun. We'll have we'll go around the league. We'll give some picks. I'll see you at 2 o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your Juan Soto Thursday. I'll see you tomorrow. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Red. W.